Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is your boy Jalen, and not too much happened last week. However, something big did go down yesterday, and let's talk about it. Actually, two things big went down yesterday, and we'll talk about it. First, let's start with this. I appreciate everybody that's here. I appreciate everyone that's been listening. Uh, Please subscribe to wherever you are, whether that's iTunes, whether that's... uh, SoundCloud, whether that's Spotify, I don't know. Please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. But let's start off with the big news. Cam Newton finally got picked up. <laughs> Cam Newton signs a one-year deal. I believe it's the minimum with the Patriots. Let's talk about this on, on a couple of fronts. One, I'm happy for Cam Newton. I'm happy that a person that deserves to be in the league, that's still good enough to be in the league, is finally back in the league. I understand Cam Newton has dealt with some injuries, especially with his foot and his uh, his shoulder. I understand that the last time we saw Cam Newton, he he didn't he wasn't playing his best. However, we do have to take into account the fact that he was injured. I do understand that Cam Newton, and with everything that's going on in the world right now, I understand that. There's not really training camps right now. There's not uh, scouts. It's kind of hard for teams to go and actually see a player in person, which I think is really smart of Cam Newton to continuously put out those workout videos on social media. I'm happy for Cam. I'm happy for Cam because a player of his caliber, a player of his stature, deserves to be in the league. A player like that deserves to... Be on a team. He is better than a lot of starting quarterbacks. He's better than a lot of backup quarterbacks. So there should be no reason why he's not in the league. Or there there was no reason why he shouldn't have been in the league. Now, a lot of people say one reason why was because he's a locker room distraction. And a lot of people want to resort back to how he handled losing the Super Bowl. I believe it was Super Bowl 50. They lost against the Denver Broncos, which, by the way, was a historically great defensive team that year. But they lost the Super Bowl and they didn't like how they he said they said he, quote, pouted. And you don't want a leader like that on the team, not or completely negating the fact that this is the same person that was the league MVP that led his team to 15 and one or then that was the one. Like they're they're pretty much negating that fact, but I digress. So I'm happy for Cam Newton. I'm happy for the Patriots. I, I know, I know, blast room, right? Somebody happy for the Patriots. I'm happy for the Patriots because they don't have to roll out this whole. Uh, Jason Stidham is the is the is a great quarterback. We're in good hands. You can stop lying to us, man. You can stop lying. Jason Stidham, again, I I saw what he did his last year in college, and he wasn't good. And I saw a couple of plays that he played for the Patriots. He wasn't good. So for you to try to explain to me and to the world that Jason Stidham. Now, I understand that 
the Patriots run a, a very tight organization. They run a very complex scheme, and it takes a while for somebody to actually understand their schemes and understand what they're doing. I get that. And I understand I understand that it's kind of difficult for a quarterback, especially a quarterback, to come, I guess, middle of the season, late of the season, and try to pick up what's happening. I understand that. But however, Cam Newton's a different it's kind of different for Cam because Cam is a veteran and Cam you're not coming into I understand that, you know, the season starts what? In two months. So you have two months to prepare and then of course you still have to continue to get your body in shape, even though Cam Newton looks like he's in shape. But I understand you you as a coach or a coaching staff, you're not really able to get with him due to what's going on right now. So I understand that. But again, Cam Newton is a is a veteran. Cam Newton is a a former MVP, a former uh, a former quarterback that has played in a Super Bowl, a former Cam Newton's a freaking nature. When Cam Newton is healthy, in fact, I believe it was 2018 the last time we saw Cam Newton completely healthy. The first eight games, I believe, and in those eight games, I believe he was he was completing over 60 percent of his passes, and he was six and ten. At those at before he got hurt, and I believe that's when he had the shoulder or foot injury. I'm not 100% sure which one, but that's when he got hurt. So we saw, even at his, even that was what three years after the Super Bowl, he was still a top 10 quarterback, and then of course the injury. So I'm happy for the Patriots that they don't have to parade us or 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 they don't have to lie to us and tell us that. Tell us that Jason Stidham is the is the future. That's not the case. It's Cam. Well, I'm not gonna say Cam News the future either. And this, and this is this is here's my entire thought about this situation. One, Cam Newton deserved to be in the league, and I'm happy that Cam Newton is in the league. Two, I'm happy. This is the golden era of quarterback play, I believe. And later on in the in this episode, I'm going to rank the divisions solely based on their starting quarterback or solely based on their quarterback. So this is the golden year of golden age of quarterbacks. And with, with Cam Newton being inserted into the Patriots, especially after the Patriots just lost Tom Brady, it is, it's, it just reaffirms that. What a time to be a quarterback. This, you know, it's when you look at the different types of quarterbacks, you have quarterbacks that are that that are incredible on the run or incredible when they scramble. You have quarterbacks that are incredible in the pocket and throw a beautiful ball. You have quarterbacks that are deep like that can launch a ball. You have quarterbacks that might not have the strongest arm, but are as accurate as hell. Like this is the golden age of 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 quarterbacking I get or being a quarterback so I like it from that standpoint and I like that again Cam Newton's on a team that wanted him and that a, te- a team that no I don't think that this is long term I don't think this is long term at all that's why he signed a one-year contract I believe that he's going to play this year out I believe that he's highly motivated I mean we've seen 
video after video of him saying that the league gave up on him, that the Panthers gave up on him, that he wants to prove himself. He looks like, at least from the videos, that he's in shape. And he's been working out with uh, players like Odell Beckham. And he's been working out with different people. He's been playing basketball with Quavo and stuff like that. Like, Cam Newton's been active. So, I'm excited to see it. Here's where I'm a little skeptical about. When we think of the Patriots, we don't think of fun. We don't think of... We think of the Patriots. Even though Tom Brady has been the quarterback for 20-plus years, and he's more than, he's the greatest quarterback ever. And then we have Bill Belichick. He's arguably the greatest coach ever. You think about the Patriots. You think of that organization. And because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you think of greatness. Even though the Patriots were straight garbage before them, and we'll see how they are after them. You think of uniform, you think of go in, punch a clock in, do what you got to do, be successful at it, and leave. One reason I was a little skeptical, when, when, when Cam Newton was, was looking for a job, and a lot of people or were looking for a team, and a lot of people were saying, how about the Patriots, how about the Patriots, how about the Patriots? One question or one thing that I had is, does his scheme fit? Or, let me not, does his scheme. Does the scheme fit him? Cam Newton is a loud, boisterous quarterback. When I say that, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, like he's a cancer or anything. He's a he's a high-octane, high-energy quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback. He He's a physical specimen. He's probably one of, if not the biggest quarterback, we've uh, as in physically dominant quarterback we've ever seen. And... The Patriots are coming off of a player in Tom Brady that's nothing like Cam Newton. Cam Newton and Tom Brady are are pretty much polar opposites. Cam Tom Brady is more of a accurate pocket passer. He's not fast at all, but he's he's accurate as hell. He he used to be able to throw a deep ball. Of course, he's getting up in age and that's kind of withered away, but we'll see this year. But he's he's an accurate pinpoint quarterback. Cam Newton, while he isn't the most accurate quarterback, he is fast as ever. He is physically dominant. He is, he's incredible out the pocket and he's physical. And that's one thing that I have to see. I have to see, does he fit the Patriot scheme? Now, a lot of people would say, well, this is Cam Newton. He's an MVP. The Patriots will need to adapt, adapt to him. And I completely agree with that. I completely agree. You had Jason Statham, Statham or Statham, Jason Statham in who just waiting. He was going to be the starting quarterback. And while I don't think that the Patriots are just going to give Cam Newton the starting quarterback position, I think that Cam Newton is primed to get the starting quarterback position. So you have that, and and now you have Cam Newton. So what is it going to? What are you going to do? I think you. It has to be a give or take. I think that the Patriots have to work with, if they want to be successful, let's say this, if they want to be successful, because I think that Cam Newton's going to succeed anyway. I think that teams just want to see a complete year of a healthy Cam Newton. We already see the circumstances that the world is in. So all eyes are going to be on the NFL. They just want to see a healthy Cam Newton so that next year or moving forward, Cam Newton will play for a big contract. 
do does the do the Patriots want to be successful? And when I say that, you're going to have to give or take. You're you're dealing with a player that you've never dealt with before. Tom Brady is nothing like Cam Newton. Jimmy Garoppolo is nothing like Cam Newton. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is nothing like Cam Newton. You've never dealt with a Cam Newton before. And the times that you, I think the last two times that they've played Cam Newton, they've lost to him. Now, I'm not just saying him, but they lost to the Panthers, I believe. What I'm saying is, you have to understand, or the Patriots have to understand this. Cam Newton is not Tom Brady. Uh, Shannon Sharp said it best. When you're a quarterback and you... Bill Belichick used to talk to Tom Brady any type way. <laughs> like, he used to talk to him like he's not the greatest quarterback ever. And that worked for them. That worked for Tom Brady. That worked for the Patriots. That worked for Bill Belichick because I guess that's just the type of person Tom, Tom Brady was. But then we've seen since leaving that actually rubbed Tom Brady the wrong way. And that was one reason why Tom Brady left. Do you want to make those same mistakes with a player that is a lot more has a lot more of an opinion than Tom Brady. Now, no, I don't think Cam Newton's uh, uh, will be a distraction. I don't think that Cam Newton's going to kind of come in and just trying to wreck everything, but you're going to have to work with him. And, and and that's not saying like he's he's not good or something. You're going to have to work with him because, and he's going to have to work with you if you want to be successful. So it's going to, Cam Newton's going to have to, Cam Newton's going to have to play his best. Cam Newton's going to have to be the Cam Newton that we saw in 2018 that was 6-10 and 10 before his injury and was completing over 60% of his passes and was a top 10 quarterback in the league. That's what Cam Newton's going to have to be, especially after what we've seen this offseason. The Patriots are going to have to change. This is a Patriot. We're about to see a Patriots that we have not seen in nearly 10 in, in, in over 20 years if they, they adapt to Cam. They're going to have to change their scheme. They're going to have to understand that now you have a mobile quarterback who isn't the most accurate but has a cannon of an arm. You're going to have to make some make some changes. You have Nikhil Henry. You have uh, Julian Edelman. You have pieces for him, like, and, and you have a new tight end. Like, we have to see how it is. And Muhammad Sanu. Like, we're going to have to – they're going to have to give or take both both sides. But I do think that this can be very successful. When I say very successful, do I think that – the Patriots can win the Super Bowl with Cam. No. I think that they lost a lot of pieces on the offensive side. They lost a lot of key pieces on the defensive side. I don't think that they have enough to win the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. Do I think that Cam Newton makes them incredibly better than Jason Stidham? Yes. I think that Cam Newton, when healthy, is still a top 10 quarterback in my opinion. And I think that now that you have a Cam Newton, you can... <laughs> You, I think with Jason Stidham, you have maybe max four wins. He's un, he's unproven. And if you look at the Patriots' schedule, they have one of, actually, in fact, I think they have the toughest schedule, one of the toughest schedules in the entire NFL. I mean, you got to play Lamar Jackson in the, in the Ravens. You have to play uh, Russell Wilson in the Seahawks. You have to play Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs. You have to play Deshaun Watson in the, in the Houston Texans. These are this is a this these are tough games, not to mention the division games. So I think that I'm not sure about the fit 
but I'm happy that it's there. I, I'm saying because a report came out today saying that there was not a team that expressed interest in Cam Newton, which I think is is incredibly crazy to me. Seeing how he's a former MVP, Hell, Richard Sherman even said it's like one. He was like, I don't see how a former MVP and and a player of Cam Newton's stature had to pretty much fight and beg to be on a team, and then he gets the league minimum. Now, I understand the league minimum part, seeing as though he's playing just for the – he's playing for his next contract. But it's just it's, – it's crazy to me. And I'm happy about that, but I, I just need to see the fit. I need to see – I need to see how this is going to turn out. I need to see if Cam Newton is healthy. I need to see if if – Bill Belichick is able to to coach a player like Cam Newton because we've seen Bill Belichick is a great coach. But Bill Belichick, I like to think that Bill Belichick is a great coach because of who his quarterback was. And I'm not saying that Tom Brady is 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 the reason why Bill Belichick successful. I think that's a big reason, but I don't think it's the only reason. I know Bill Belichick is an incredible defensive-minded coach. He's an incredible, you know, he, he likes to scheme. He's 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 an incredible coach. Don't get me wrong. He's he's argue, he's probably the greatest coach ever in in football history. But I remember Bill Belichick on the Cleveland Browns was not good. I remember Bill Belichick, I believe, and how many times he was a he was a coordinator under Bill Parcells. I think it was Bill Parcells. Oh, yes. Like I understand his his, his stint with the the Bears was not I mean, with the Browns was not good at all. So, I just think that there's a lot of both sides need each other. Cam Newton needs the Patriots right now and the Patriots need Cam Newton. So, I think that it's a, it's an interesting fit. I think I don't know if they fit to me completely, but this is something that I want to see. This is something that I'm excited to see. I'm excited that Cam Newton's back in the league, and I'm excited that uh, we we get to see see. I, I don't know who's gonna win the Super Bowl next year, but I am excited to see the quarterback play all around. And this will, and I'll move to our next topic. I said before that this is the golden year or golden age of quarterbacks. Now, do I think that these are the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played? When they're all said and done, maybe this because it's when I, I did a ranking. What I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to my ranking from the worst division to the to the best division solely based on quarterback, and you'll hear how good these quarterbacks are. This. This is a league full of incredible quarterbacks, which means that the league is in really good hands. And a lot of these quarterbacks are young. Now, of course, some of them aren't, but a lot of these quarterbacks are young, so they're going to be here for years and years to come. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to see, and I like the fact that, like I said before, a lot of these quarterbacks are different. Some of these quarterbacks are incredible uh, on the run or scrambling as well as as pack, pocket passers. Some of them are are really big and physical. Some of them are are maybe not the maybe not the the biggest quarterback, but has an incredible arm, or maybe might not have an incredible arm, but is incredibly accurate. Like this is the, I don't think we've ever seen an era where you have so many good quarterbacks, and a lot of these quarterbacks are good in different ways, if you may, if that makes sense. Like, if you look at the Steve Young, um, Joe Montana era, while Steve Young and Joe Montana were different, they, Joe Montana, I think, 
Joe Montana was still incredible scrambling. Steve Young was better, but you know Joe Montana was was a complete package. Steve Young was a complete package. You had Dan Marinos. You had um, uh, what's homie from? What's homie from? Uh, dang the Broncos. But you had, you know, you had Joe. You had so many good pieces. It's I mean, so many good quarterbacks. It's. But this, to me, is the golden age of the quarterbacks. So, like I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rank the I'm going to rank the divisions solely based on quarterback, and we'll talk about it. So let's start with the worst, in my opinion. Number eight, the AFC South, which is the Titans. You have the Houston Texans. You have the Indianapolis Colts, and you have the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. To me, the I understand the success that the Tennessee Titans had last year with benching Marcus Mariota and starting um, Ryan Tannehill. But I like to think that their success was predicated mostly on the run game, which is what you saw in the playoffs, that Derrick Henry was a monster and on another level than anybody else because they Mike Frabel schemed for – Derrick Henry to be incredible, not to mention Derrick Henry is a freak of nature. So I like to think that the Tennessee Titans success was predicated on their on their on their ability to run and the fact that Ryan Tannehill made big plays, but he didn't mess like he didn't he didn't really, really risk it all a lot of times like he, he didn't really throw the ball down. I mean, I, I believe there was I believe there was a stretch last year in the playoffs that Ryan Tannehill did not complete over a hundred yards or did not throw over a hundred yards. So outside of Houston Texans, I mean, no, yeah, outside of the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, they're, they're good, but I think Ryan Tannehill, they're good. They're good with, with Ryan Tannehill to me is not the cake. I think he might be the icing. Of course, you have Derrick Henry. I believe he's the cake. You have that defense. You have the coaching, Mike Vrabel. And I think that Ryan Tannehill is, a, is an important piece, but he's not the most important piece. Then you have Phillip Rivers. I don't see in the Indianapolis Colts. I don't see what people are trying to convince. Phillip Rivers last year was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. As, as terms of decision making, as terms of mobility, as terms of of touchdown interception ratio he was one of the worst quarterbacks now this doesn't negate the fact that he's been a really good quarterback his entire year his entire entire career but last year he fell off a cliff so the fact that now someone's people are trying to trying to convince me that Philip Rivers is going to be exactly what the Tennessee type I mean no yeah exactly no exactly what the Indianapolis Colts need I don't I don't see it I don't see it at all again you can prove it to me but I, I don't see it I don't see Philip Rivers as that person that can propel the Colts to another playoff berth like no no I'll take at, at the points of their career at, at the point, like where they are in their career right now, I take Jacoby Brissett over a Philip Rivers. Now, again, you can prove to me, and and, I'll, and if I come, if he comes here and lights it up and has an incredible season, I'll be the first to come in here and say I was wrong. I I have no problem in doing that, but I don't see it. I do not see it. So, 
and Gardner Minshew, that's I mean, don't get me wrong, Gardner Minshew had a had a decent season last year, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are in rebuild. I mean, they're they're trying to find they're trying to find something. They're trying to figure out what direction they're they're going. Are they going to be a pass team? Are they going to run team? They have players like like Leonard Fournette that's that's talking against the organization. Jacksonville is a mess, and it's 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 a, it's you know it's bad when all season you're you're hearing. Cam Newton, and I'm not going to say bad because of Cam, but Gardner Minshew just had probably one of the most surprise seasons of his, of his. well, he was a rookie, but he was one of the surprises of last season, and they're still talking about, no, I don't think, we don't know, we don't think he's a, he's a better, I mean, he's a starting quarterback. So, NFC, AFC South, which is the Texans, the Titans, the Colts, and the Jaguars, that's my eighth to me, that's the worst of the quarterbacks. Number seven, uh, let me say, when I say worst of the quarterbacks, outside Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson to me is a top ten quarterback. But after Deshaun, it's a it's a it's a it's a steep decline between Deshaun Watson and the next best person, which to me would be Ryan Tannehill at this point. So outside Deshaun Watson, I think it's a it's not that good of a not that good of a, of a division. In terms of quarterback play, so that's why I have the AFC South at eight. At seven, I have the NFC East, which is the Redskins, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. To me, this this division can either go up or down. And when I say that, I mean that's obvious. But when I say that, Dwayne Haskins, we have to see how last year he had his bumps, but of course he was a rookie, and we know the turmoil and everything that was going on with the Redskins last year with the injury and, and front office uh, blunders and stuff like that. So we have to see this is a full year with Dwayne Haskins. He's starting quarterback. There's no starting quarterback. Uh, there's no challenge at the starting quarterback. He's it. So we have to see how, the Redskins, how Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins are actually going to fare. Daniel Jones ha- – had a bump. Daniel Jones was 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 a was a lot better than I expected. It was a lot better than most people expected last year, and I think he he definitely has room to go to grow. I think I know last year again was his rookie year, and again he was better than than a lot of people, including myself, expected. So with him, he's a he has a, he's a big arm. He's a lot more mobile than I thought he was, and I just want to consider he can either go up or like he can either continue to rise. Or if he plateaued, like, I hope he didn't plateau. As in, there's some quarterbacks that had better rookie seasons than we expected. And then the next year, they weren't that good. And then you realize, you look up, and they're not as good. Their their most productive year was their rookie year. So I think that we have to continue to see if Daniel Jones will grow. But right now, he's a solid quarterback. Then you have Carson Wentz, who... A lot of people think he's a top five quarterback. A lot of people think he's a top ten quarterback. I think he's he he could be in that top ten range. It's just he needs to continue to stay on the field and actually be healthy. I mean, the Eagles won a Super Bowl when he wasn't the starting quarterback. So I think that and he wasn't starting to quarterback due to injury. So I think that if Carson Wentz can continue to stay healthy or not continue if because <laughs> he hasn't hasn't shown a propensity to do that. 
if Carson Wentz is able to stay healthy, I think that this this the NFC the NFC East can rise, and then you have Dak Prescott. To me, Dak Prescott is a system quarterback, but he's a really good system quarterback. Dak Prescott to me is not top ten, but he's not he's closer to top ten than top I'll say twenty five. Um, Dak Prescott. The thing about Dak Prescott is he doesn't he shines he shines against lesser opponents like he has his best games against like the redskins or the 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 giants or lesser opponents but when it comes to playoff teams and teams that have incredible quarterbacks like manning like incredible quarterbacks Dak prescott shrinks so i and that's why we see or we saw the whole dispute with should we pay Dak, should we not pay Dak, or should we give him what he's asking for, or should we not, and which ultimately led in Dak Prescott signing the exclusive franchise tag. If Dak Prescott is able to play in big games and against big opponents that he does against maybe lesser teams, that's Prescott is easily a top 10, and the NFC East easily climbs up. But if Dak Prescott plays like he played last year, if Carson Wentz is unable to be to, to, to stay on the field, if Dwayne Haskins doesn't work out or pan out, if Daniel Jones stays the way he is or declines, then the NFC East definitely should be seventh. I think the NFC East has a lot to prove. Again, you... A lot of the none of these quarterbacks are I'm not going to say proven, but none of the none of these quarterbacks to me have hmm, none of these quarterbacks have like a confirmation in your mind. Like I know Dwayne Haskins is going to be that that guy. I know Daniel Jones is going to be that guy. I know Carson Wentz is going to be. Or gonna able to or is able to stay healthy. I know that Prescott is gonna to continue to prove. You don't know that. None of these none of these quarterbacks are sure things right now, in my opinion. Which is why they're seventh, which is the NFC East. Um number six, you have the AFC East, which is the Patriots, you have the Bills, you have um the Jets, and you have the Miami Dolphins. We just talked about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a former MVP, and, and it's the Patriots. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, at his best, he's been really good. As, as Sam Darnold, at his best, he he's a top fifteen quarterback. And while he hasn't had a lot of pieces around him, he's been able to work with what he's had. And again, that's at his best. Now, of course, we know he had mono, and he's dealt with injuries, and he's dealt with the lack of talent around him, but. At his best, and when he's healthy, Sam Darnold has been incredible. Same as Josh Allen. Josh Allen has an has an incredible cannon of an arm, and he has pieces around him. Now you bring on Stephon Diggs. You have a, you have a solid running game and a, an incredible defense. Josh Allen, while his decision making is is a little questionable at times, there are times when he is in, when he is a incredible quarterback. He's mobile. He's a big physical quarterback. He has a big arm. He's able to he he has he's not the most accurate quarterback. That's the thing. Josh Allen, he's not the most accurate. He will throw the ball down the field, but he's not the most accurate. And sometimes he'd be making some bonehead decisions. Now I think you can chalk that up to he's still young and he's still growing. But if that doesn't change, then 
that's one thing that's definitely going to hamper his his um hamper his development. And then you have the Dolphins with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. The only reason why I put both of them is because I know Tua is going to start some part of the season. I don't know if it's going to be week one. I don't know if it's going to be week three. I don't know if it's going to be week four. I do know, however, Tua is going to start some point in the season. I mean, you draft him that high first round, early first round, I believe fifth or sixth. He's going to play. So, again, the teams here might not be the best. The Jets, no. The I do like what the Miami Dolphins are doing in terms of personnel and who they're bringing on with Brian Flores and and the pieces that they're bringing on, especially through the draft. Of course, I like Cam Newton and the defense. I mean, the defense is still incredible for the Patriots. And the Bills, on paper, have probably the best team of the division. But... If you're just looking at quarterback play, Cam Newton is coming out. We, we still need to know if he's completely healthy. Sam Darnold, while he's played incredible, he's also dealt with injuries. Josh Allen, he makes some bonehead decisions a lot, and we don't know who's going to start between Tua and Ryan. Well, we don't know when Tua is going to start. So if it's not week one, then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's why I have the AFC East as sixth. Fifth, at the AFC West, which is – Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, and Tyrod Taylor, and the Chiefs, the Denver Broncos, the Oakland, no, the Vegas Raiders, and um, the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> that's, 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 that's without question. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Um, he's, he's arguably the best player in the league. He's most definitely the most valuable player in the league right now. Well, you can I, you can kind of – no. He's the most valuable player in the league. And yeah, I know I know Lamar Jackson won the, won the MVP, but Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player to the NFL, to his team. Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player. The reason why the AFC West is fifth, however, is due to – the other three quarterbacks. I like Drew Locke. Drew Locke definitely sh- for the for the Denver Broncos definitely showed some high points, some highlights when he did play last year. And we've seen Derek Carr at his best has, is an incredible quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is more of a system quarterback. While he doesn't give you a big play, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's not like a player. He's not a player that. Well, when you look up, oh man, Tyrod Taylor has five touchdowns this game, or Tyrod Taylor is is leading the lead or top 10 in touchdowns. I don't know if that's ever going to be the case, but I do think that Tyrod Taylor does not make a lot of mistakes. And he is a, he's a solid quarterback. He's a quarterback where I don't know if he'll lead you to much playoff wins, but he's not, he won't be a reason why you lose the game. I'll say that. So I do like the AFC West, but the AFC West really is fifth because of how great Patrick Mahomes is and the potential of Drew Locke. And the thing about Derek Carr is we've seen Derek Carr be incredible. Now, we have not seen Derek Carr be incredible with Drew, with John Gruden. And I think that that's what we need to see. Hell, John Gruden is over here talking about bringing on another quarterback or another draft. Like, you, you can sense John Gruden does not like or want <laughs> – or want uh, – 
Derek Carr as his starting quarterback. Now, sometimes he said he does. Sometimes it doesn't really seem like it. So we definitely, I definitely don't know. But I do think, I do think that at his best, Derek Carr is incredible. Um, I don't think he's a player that can probably get you. I know he can get you to. Ooh, whoa, what about Super Bowl? I know he can get you to the playoffs. I've seen that. And I know that he might he might be able to get you a, a playoff win. Now, I'm not saying that's what the Raiders are going to do. I'm just saying that we're just talking about Derek Carr's potential. I think he can do that. I don't know if he's good enough to win you, like get you to the AFC Championship or even the Super Bowl. I don't know that. I, I don't really think that right now. But I don't know. And I'm almost sure Tyrod Taylor is not good enough to get you to – I'm not I'm, – he might he might be able to get you to the playoffs. I don't think he's good enough to win you a game, especially when you go against a wild card team that has like a Deshaun Watson or something. I don't know. Even though the Chargers is on paper one of the best teams in the league on paper, and so are the Denver Broncos. You bring on Melvin Gordon, you you have solid pieces, and now you have Drew Locke. It, it's you know and you see how it is. But I have the AFC West mostly because of Patrick Mahomes, at fifth. At fourth, I have the NFC North, which is the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. The reason why I have the NFC North North over the AFC West is because I trust the others when we talk about the quarterbacks outside of the top men. Now, AFC West, the top man, the top man is Patrick Mahomes. We know that. And NFC North, the top man is Aaron Rodgers. We know that. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron Rodgers. We we know. Um, even though to me, Aaron Rodgers is still top five quarterback in the league, or maybe top ten. We'll, we'll, I don't. That we can. That's debatable. But I like Kirk Cousins over Drew Locke. I like Matthew Stafford when healthy over a um, Derek Carr. The only one that's low, the only one that's low iffy is Mitch Trubisky, and that's we see that the, I don't, the Bears don't even trust Mitch Trubisky because if that's the case, they wouldn't assign him to a big extension, and then in the same or the next offseason, you pick up Nick Foles or Nick Foles, Nick Foles. So outside of Trubisky, which is a wash. Um, Matthew Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks when healthy. I mean, we know the cannon of an arm that he has. We know how, you know, how how physically imposing he can be in terms of his arms talent. Of course, we know about Rodgers. Rodgers will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, as, as, terms of, as far as talent goes. His ability to throw the ball, his ability to, to throw angles and hit pockets and this, that, and third. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it. And Kirk Cousins, while Kirk Cousins is not really good in big games, Kirk Cousins kind of suffers from what Dak Prescott suffers from. He's incredible against... <laughs> he's incredible against lesser opponents and even some big opponents. It's just if he's playing in prime time, more than likely he's going to lose. Because I think he's only one in whatever in prime time games. And I think that one came last year against the Saints. So I think that Kirk Cousins is good. Aaron Rodgers is great. Mr. Biskey is no. And, and when healthy, Matthew Stafford is still an incredible quarterback. Still arguably top 10 quarterback. So that's why I have the NFC North. 
at four. At three, I have the AFC North, which is the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers. Lamar Jackson is incredible. I didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to be this good this early. I didn't think he was going to be this good, period. But if he was going to be this good, I didn't think he was going to be this good this early. And seeing as though the jump he made from his rookie year to the to his sophomore year, I want to see I want I'm excited to see the jump that he's going to make from last year, which the year, you know, the incredible year that the Ravens had and he was a, I mean, he was MVP last year. So I'm excited to see the jump that he's going to make. And I want to see how Big Ben is when he comes back. Big Ben is, I'm, I'm going to say, at the tail end of his career. Um, he's, 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 one of the, he's one of the veterans. He's, he's a little older. And he's dealt with a lot of injuries. I am, am curious to see what Big, what Big Ben is going to be when he comes back. You have some talent. Of course, you have Juju Smith-Schuster. You have um, a defense that's that's always been good. I'm, I'm just excited to see what they're what he's going to be. Is he going to be uh, a dish, like a plus to the team, or is he going to take away from the team? I know before he left, he wasn't as good of a – well, he was more of a, of a subtraction to the team than an addition, but – I want to see how big, because at his best now, I don't think when he comes back he will be at his best, of course. But I do think that Big Ben is still a serviceable and good quarterback. And I want to see if that continues once he comes back. Baker Mayfield, a lot of people want to put the the um, bus stamp on him, seeing as though what happened last year. But then those are the same people that, that thought – that the the Cleveland Browns was going to make it to the Super Bowl just because the piece look you still have Freddie Kitchens as your coach you still have turmoil in the front office you still have offensive line problems that are te- that that are horrible i didn't think they were going to make i thought they were going to be a lot better than they were last year but i didn't think that they were going to make the Super Bowl i thought they could make the playoffs but not the Super Bowl this year i think that this is the year we really start to see how good Baker Mayfield is. You have the guy that you wanted and as a coach. You have the pieces. You have a good tight end in uh, Austin Hooper. You have Jarvis Landry, and you have Odell Beckham Jr. You have Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. You have an incredible defense. Now is really – and they, especially in the draft, they kind of addressed their, their horrible – Offensive line play. So I think this is the year we start to see, okay, is Baker Mayfield really a number one overall pick or is Baker Mayfield just a a solid quarterback or is Baker Mayfield a bust? I think this is the year we definitely need to see. This is the year that will, I'm not going to say make or break, but this year will tell us a lot. Everything is lined up for Baker Mayfield. Again, you have the help. You have the coaching staff now, or that's still – to be seen but you have the quarterback I mean you have the coaching options I think that this is the year that that we really can decide okay is Baker Mayfield going up or down and at that point that's when the Cleveland Browns will have to move accordingly and then Joe Burrow he's a rookie we know but he was the number one overall pick and we he just came from LSU which had historically one of if not the greatest season single season in college football history. So 
while I do think it's going to take time for him to adapt, I mean, you still have an offensive line in the Bengals that are horrible. You still have, outside of A.J. Green, you don't really have much weapons. You have Joe Mixon, but you don't really have any off, like wide receiver weapons, and their defense is still horrendous. I don't know. He doesn't really have – Joe Burrow, I need to see, is Joe Burrow the type of person that can elevate a team, or is he just a person that's able to be on the team, if that makes sense. Like, there's players like um, – there's players like 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 Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is able to play with nothing and 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 rise all their play. Then there's players that, for what we've seen, like a Baker Mayfield, who we haven't really seen them be able to propel a team. So I th- I'm really just I'm ready to see if, if if that's Joe Burrow. And that's why I have the AFC North as number three. Number two, I have the NFC West, which is. The Seahawks, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. We just talked about Russell Wilson. To me, Russell Wilson is the top three quarterback in the league. Russell Wilson continues to be disrespected from a lot of people. Russell Wilson not only is an incredible pocket passer, but he's an incredible he's incredible mobile. He's an incredible leader. Russell Wilson is argue, arguably, arguably a you, he get, he's arguably top two quarterbacks. I think that he's probably top three, right? No. Hmm. I can I can argue he's top two. Yeah, I love what Lamar Jackson's doing, but I can argue Russell Wilson is better than Lamar Jackson right now. I cannot argue that Russell Wilson is better than Patrick Mahomes. Some people might, but I'm not. I think that Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the league. And then when you look, Jared Goff, he while he did struggle last year, I don't think the I think most of the struggles was due to the fact that their offensive line was was terrible. We saw the deterioration of Todd Gurley as far as physical statute wise, and there's just a lot. There was a lot that went into the Rams. Now, Jared Goff did not play well, and I want to see was that just because of everything around him, or was that because? of of him that I think this year is definitely important for the for the Rams but at his best we saw Jared Goff go toe to toe a couple times with Patrick Mahomes go toe to toe with some of the with with Russell Wilson with some of the best in the league Jared Goff he's long he's big he's 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 a he's a he's he's faster than a lot of people think and he has an incredible arm I think, and he throws a beautiful ball. Like his 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 deep balls, like are incredible. So, I think that we this year is very important for Jared Goff. You have Kyler Murray, who was a rookie last year, and who won rookie offensive rookie of the year. Kyler Murray is while he's 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 small, he is fast, and he throws an he throws an incredibly accurate ball. I didn't think Kyler Murray was going to be that good. This, I knew he, he he could be good. I, I thought his his height was going to be a problem a little bit, and I didn't know. You know, we see a lot of quarterbacks come from Lincoln Riley and uh, system, and I wanted to see how Kyler Murray was. But Kyler Murray was incredible, and Kyler Murray, while he's not to me a top ten quarterback, he's very serviceable and a very good quarterback, and probably throws one of the most accurate balls in the league and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo kind of um is a better version in my opinion of a of a Josh Allen Jimmy Garoppolo has an incredible arm he's mobile he's a he's 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 kind of physical quarterback 
but he will he throws some he makes some bonehead decisions sometimes and he's not the most accurate quarterback we saw in the super bowl the the play that everyone talks about you have emmanuel sanders wide open if you if you hit emmanuel sanders more than likely you're going to win the game and he 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 overthrows emmanuel sanders like 10 15 yards so at his best jimmy garoppolo was incredible maybe arguably top 10 but you know we need to see that but at at if if we're looking at the nfc west and and you talk about russell wilson jared goff kyler murray and jimmy garoppolo if they're all at their best that is arguably one of the best to me the second best um the second best division as terms of quarterbacks and number one to me that's not that's not really hard at all that's the nfc south you have the saints you have the uh Falcons, you have the Buccaneers, and you have the Panthers. We saw what Drew Brees did last year. Drew Brees was, well, yes, he missed five games, but he came back and he, like Drew Brees usually does, breaks records. <laughs> we saw Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady did not have a good season last year, and a lot of people want to attest to the fact that he didn't have any weapons. Well, we'll see this year. Arguably, you have one of the best teams when you have um, in the you have one of the best teams in the Buccaneers as terms of pieces, and then you have Matt Ryan, who a lot of people give a lot of bad. You know, Matt Ryan gets a lot of flack, especially for the twenty-eight to three um, debacle in the Super Bowl. But Matt Ryan has been has been incredible. Isn't in, like. Most of his most of his career, he's been incredible. Not to any and and one thing Atlanta's done well. Now Atlanta might not they they might have coaching issues, they might have personnel issues, but one thing that they have done is they've given Matt Ryan weapons, and Matt Ryan has been incredible with it. When at his best, Matt Ryan has been good, and Teddy Bridgewater is kind of is a is a better Tyrod Taylor to me. Teddy Bridgewater isn't gonna. We saw last year. When Drew Brees went out or went down, Teddy Bridgewater won them what four out of four out of five games, and Teddy Bridgewater is not going to blow you away with his numbers. He's not going to throw uh, four touchdowns a game. He's not going to throw four hundred yards. But Teddy Bridgewater will be very serviceable, and he's not going to lose you the game. That's like Teddy Bridgewater is gonna. He's a leader. He's going to make the right decisions. Teddy Bridgewater is good, and. Because of that, that's why I have the number one. I think that we never, we definitely want to see. I'm going off of the Tom Brady that we know as in the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Now, if Tom Brady plays or or duplicates what he did last year, then we'll definitely have a. We might need to put this NFC South down and, and bump up the NFC West. But I have to see. I have to see. Uh, we all have to see what was going to happen with this Buccaneers team. I don't I don't see Drew Brees falling off a map. Of course, we know the comments that he said this this season, but they were as terms of quarterback play, I know he's getting older and I know that he might not have the the deep ball that we're used to seeing. But I think that Drew the the decline of Drew Brees might come a year later. I don't think this year is going to be the decline. I think maybe next year we're really going to start to see a decline. So because of that, my rankings again, 
uh, starting from eight up is the NFC South. I mean, I'm sorry, AFC South at eight. At seven, you have the NFC East. At six, you have the AFC East. At fifth, you have AFC West. At fourth, the NFC North. Third, the AFC North. The at two, you have the NFC West. And at one, you have the NFC South. And of course, I, I just ranked the um I rank the divisions solely based on quarterback play. Because like I said in the beginning, this is the golden age of quarterbacks. That you I think this is the first time in my life I've ever seen a vast number of franchise quarterbacks, a vast number of quarterbacks that can arguably have a have a have a shot of making it to the Super Bowl. Now, if we're just talking about quarterback play, there's multiple. If we're talking about a whole team, that's a whole different story. But I'm just talking about if you look at straight talent, Drew Brees can make a Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Big Ben, um, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, uh, Carson Wentz, arguably Dak Prescott. Deshaun Watson, like there's so many good quarterbacks. If we're just talking about how good they can be, all those quarterbacks, talent-wise, can make a Super Bowl. It's just everything around them might not be <laughs> peaches and cream. But this is the golden age of quarterbacks, man. And and you can and 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 you can actually argue. This is the thing. And this is how you know it's the golden age of quarterback. Because I know there's somebody that's listening right now that said. There's no way that the NFC South is number one. There's no way that the, I don't know, AFC West is fifth. There's no way that the AFC North is third. Like, there's so many, there's so much argument that can be from that list that I just said. And if you don't agree, leave it in the comments, man. We'll talk about it. But that's 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 because of the 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 incredible quarterback talent in the league. So, you know, there's that. And, uh... Is anything else? Um, the Lakers. We'll go to NF, We'll go to NBA a little bit. In NBA. The Lakers uh, are expected to sign J.R. Smith after we fu- we decide we found out that Avery Bradley um, opts not to play in the bubble. The Lakers are going to pick up J.R. Smith. I think that J.R. Smith helps the Lakers in terms of offense. I mean, we all know that. I was one critique that I had. I said maybe outside of uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I didn't know where your scoring was going to come from. And if we get the the early Cleveland J.R. Smith, then that he'll definitely help with that. But I do think that it hurts. Losing Avery Bradley hurts. Avery Bradley was um, the Lakers' third best defender, in my opinion. So that's definitely going to be a big blow. And I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to do it a little closer to the start of the NBA season or the restart of the NBA season. But later on, I'm going to do my rankings of the 22 teams that have uh, been invited to the to the bubble. And the reason why I'm going to wait is because, like you've seen for Avery Bradley, like you've seen from um, Trevor Ariza, there's going to be multiple players that, that opt out. 
there's going to be multiple players that say I can't go or I don't want to go due to an outstanding or uh, outside reason, and they're not going to go. Then you also see players like um, Spencer Dinwiddie yesterday or Nova uh, Yoko, uh, um, Nikola Jokic get COVID nineteen. Um, I, I, of course, I hope speedy recoveries for them, but I want to know. I'm going to wait to see who's able to come, who teams pick up, because there's free agents. Like if, uh, I don't know. I think it would be big if a Brooklyn picks up Jamal Crawford or if a um, if Portland or Wiz or Washington picks up a Lance Stevenson. Like I think that. Or, or if if the Pelicans pick up uh, Michael Beasley, like these are big, big moves. So I'm gonna wait until a little bit before the season starts to actually rank my 22 teams. But I do think that it is a give or take, uh, or give and take from the Lakers. I think or Lakers picking up J.R. Smith. I do think that J.R. Smith helps them offensively, of course. But I also think that losing Avery Bradley definitely hurts defensively seeing as though he's their third best defender so not to not to mention there's been reports that DeMarcus Cousins is thinking now and there's been some report some reports saying DeMarcus Cousins isn't coming back and then there is a report saying his agent saying that they're not ruling it off the table so what if like a Wizards get DeMarcus Cousins so that's that's something that I'm going to wait for and I'm going to give my ranking a little closer to the season and last, before we go, I want to talk about what a 60-game MLB season will look like. As we know, that the players have until like July 1st to report to camp and say they're going to play. I know one player came out yesterday and said he's not playing. Um, urgency. That's one thing that MLB does not have, and it has not had ever. Seeing as now I get urgency as maybe in a in the playoffs and you have a series, maybe game six or game seven or or a series altogether. I get that point of urgency. But when you have one hundred and sixty two games a year, you you don't have a sense of urgency. It's or at least it's very hard to have a sense of urgency. Tackle tackle that like put on like in addition to that. Half the league is out the playoff race by All-Star weekend. So it's like if you're the if you're Seattle or if you're the Marlins or if you're I don't know, the Mets or something. It's like what do you really have to what do you really have to watch for? Or or you're going to lose a lot of those fans because their teams aren't even in it. At at the halfway point. So I think that 60 games, you'll get a sense of urgency. I think that this is, one, this is new. Of course, you're cutting off pretty much 100 games. So this is definitely new, and it's new for baseball. But every game is going to start to count a lot more. You know, one loss or two losses can decide, um, instead of it being like a 15-game race or something, like one or two losses can decide who's making the playoffs and who's not. Um I know we we know about some of the new acquisitions. Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers. We know about the reloaded Yankees team. It's like this season is going to be high octane, in my opinion. This season is going to be 
you're going to see a lot of um a lot of intensity a lot of a lot of pressure because again 60 games is not a lot of games that's less that's less game like if everything was normal that's less games than the nba season so i'm excited to see 60 games if it happens or if if some of the stars you know if most of the stars go you know we'll have to see but i'm excited to see that i really am and uh yeah, it's it, that's one that's the biggest thing, urgency. You're going to see urgency in an MLB season which we haven't which we've never seen outside of the playoffs. And I think that that's going to be that's going to be refreshing for not just the MLB in general, but MLB fans and people that are fans of teams that might not have a chance to make the playoffs um if it was 120. I mean, no, 162 games. Now that it's 60, you have a better shot. Or you, I'm not going to say better shot, but you have a, a shot now to make it. So, yeah, there you have it. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate everyone. Again, if you're listening, wherever you're listening to, please subscribe. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, if you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like, subscribe, leave a comment if you disagree with something. Um I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And uh, when's the next time I see you? Would it be 4th of July? Yeah. Uh, happy. No. Yeah, it will be. Happy 4th of July for because I, I think I'm going to see you after 4th of July. So I hope you guys, for people that do celebrate 4th of July and go out, I hope you guys stay safe. Um, for people that are still protesting, hey, please stay safe. I'm starting to see, you know, I, I'm not starting to, but I see a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. But you know, stay safe. And again, I love you guys. Please subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. And until next time, much love. Make a move, everything I say go. Dead on my mother Making moves, everything I say go 
Money change, but I stay the same, no Been on the wave, one that didn't fade, no Different day, but I'm in the same boat I'm just trying to stay afloat I'm just trying to stay afloat Stay Stay Let me know, yeah